Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside Podcast. Hi, everyone. Oh, I've got, oh, I don't have a cute mug. Oh, oh man. No. <laughs> I've been taking mine outside to go, uh, to go eat outside and oh, I'm, I'm somewhere awesome. I don't <laughs> you lifted, okay. I even have in um, the notes that you have all these cute ceramic mug, mugs so that's perfect. I have a problem with ceramic <laughs> mugs I mean that one is adorable uh, so I don't even know if I said my name is Ginny I'm not sure where I got I got derailed with the mug Nicole <laughs> Uh, I am the founder of 1000 Hours Outside, and I have a friend on with me today that we have known each other for years now, uh, which is so special. Uh, Welcome, Nicole Holtz. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So uh, we are uh, Instagram friends and now real life friends, which is always so fun um, to have fostered these relationships that would not be there yeah. otherwise and, and to learn and to grow together. And Nicole is on Instagram at Coley Ray. It's spelled C-O-L-E-Y-R-A-E-H. Tell us about, uh, tell us about your Instagram name. Well, so years and years ago, my Instagram name was not creative. It was just my name. And I decided to make my account go public because at the time we had moved and decided to homeschool and I was just feeling lonely, (laughs) to be honest. So I decided to make my account public um, and the name that I wanted was taken. And so I got creative and I have a sister. And when we were little, she actually couldn't say Nicole. She called me Coley. (laughs) So that's where the Coley came from. And then it's just my middle name. Um, And, you know, the things that we were doing kind of started to gain attention and gain traction. And like, I probably should have changed it years ago because it's really silly, but now it's who I am. No, it's really special. That's really significant. I think a lot of people have things like that. You know, when someone couldn't say their name, you know, the way it's supposed to be pronounced and they end up with these sweet little nicknames. I love it. So, um, so Nicole and I know each other from the Run Wild My Child team. We're both uh, contributors, and now you're like executive level here. Uh, yeah. You're doing cool stuff with Run Wild My Child, but Nicole's also um, just an amazing adventurer. And so that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about today is um, how she is brave and how she just goes for it and does these adventures with her kids. Um, and also some other things like gardening and uh, the keyhole gardening. There's lots to talk about and also the mugs. Uh, uh, the ceramic mugs. So um, let's start. Let's start with just you. You want to tell us a little bit about you and and your family? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so again, I'm Nicole, and our family is from the Midwest. So my husband is from Illinois originally, but he's lived all over. I'm from Iowa originally, but we currently live in Southwest Arkansas, and we moved here. Oh my goodness, nine years ago now. We this is not a new move. But yeah, this is where you've raised your kids. This is where we've raised our kids. Yeah, I was pregnant with my daughter um, and my son was two when we moved from my husband's job. Yeah. I said, we're moving where? <laughs> and it's a city that I don't, I don't know anyone but you that lives in Arkansas. It's yeah. so beautiful. I it's see beautiful. these like pictures and, you know, people are adventuring there and it's gorgeous. And I'm like, I don't, why haven't I been there? <laughs> right. You need to come. Yeah. Um, it is. So we, we live in like the Southwest corner, which is not as pretty. Um, but we're a really short drive to just some incredible places, which right away when we moved, we just started to explore because to us being able to go hiking and find a stream that had clear water was like a totally foreign concept to us. Cause we both grew up in the farmlands in the Midwest and Illinois and Iowa urban, but you know, our, our wilderness yeah. was predominantly cornfield. So this clear water mountain streams just 
stole our hearts right away. Um, yeah. yeah. So we live in Southwest Arkansas. We've been here nine years now and it's very evident when I start talking, we're not from here. And I still get people pointing that out when I say you guys, <laughs> instead of y'all, <laughs> um, I have two kids. We have two kiddos. Um, my son is almost 11 and my daughter just turned eight. And we, when we moved here, we just weren't really sure what we wanted to do about school. We never, we didn't feel strongly any direction, but having come from where we lived in Iowa, moving to an entirely new place where I have no family, no support system, but my husband, um, we just weren't sure what to do. So we thought it was actually his idea. So I'm going to throw that out there. Homeschooling was my husband's idea. Um, he thought, let's just try homeschooling. And so we thought I'll try it for kindergarten for my son. And here we are, um, nine years in and that's it. So homeschooling is a big part of our life. It is defines it kind of, and that's kind of where our adventuring came from is we live 19 hours from family. I had the flexibility and freedom to travel. And I thought I'm not going to wait for my husband to take vacation time so I can drive and go see my mom. Yeah. Wow. And so then from that, you realize, oh, I can, if I can go 19 hours with two little kids, you know, maybe I can go in these smaller distances around my home and you guys just adventure so much. What I love, I've got your bio here. And what I love about it is it's kind of like mine. Sometimes I get these bios, Nicole, where people are like, PhD, all these degrees, all these things recognized by all these societies. And then I go on podcasts and I'm like, I'm a mom. So I love this. You're, that's what you say. You're a mama to two incredible adventurers, you know, married to your best friend uh, for so many years, a mutual love for the outdoors. You know, it's just kind of like, it's like all of us. So you know, we, we relate on that level. I loved, I typed it out and I was like, this is great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we're, we're the same. So what I have been really drawn, drawn to you about Nicole are just these adventures that you take. And you know, your kids are eight and 11 now. So those are, you know, a little bit easier ages, but you've been doing it from the very beginning. And you talk about, and I relate to this as well, you know, your husband's working a lot and, you know, sometimes they don't have a lot of vacation or they're traveling for work. I'd seen a post where you said your husband had been gone for three weeks. And so, you know, obviously it's easier to have another adult on hand, but sometimes we, you know, we're single parent or, um, you know, spouses traveling a lot for work. And so we just don't have that opportunity to all do it together. So, so tell us about adventuring with, you know, a one and a four-year-old or a two and a five-year-old and, um, you know, what are some of your tips and tricks and thoughts? Oh, sure. So yes, um, we decided to start homeschooling. And again, this was a, this was a new decision. I was, to be honest, deep in the throes of postpartum depression still with an infant and a toddler, I didn't know anybody, didn't have a whole lot of friends yet, but here was this incredible new state to explore. And I thought, you know, this is, this is already hard. So let's do hard somewhere beautiful. (laughs) And yeah, um, instead of just, you know, we obviously spend it. I love your mission so much because it's been such a part of my life. Um, even from, it's something my mom instilled in us when we were growing up because she went through a really, really difficult divorce. And there were some really hard things in my childhood, but my sister and my mom and I we're always able to turn to the outdoors. And we had, there's like this specific Creek in Iowa that we would go to on those hard days and throw rocks in the water. And I've been back to that Creek several times with my mom before they moved and with my kids. And it's just such, you know, it's such a profound experience to spend time outdoors. And it's such, um, such a balm to a soul that's struggling. So adventuring with littles. Um, I mean, being a mama to littles can be hard at home 
it can be hard at your parents. It can be hard in the car. Like it's not, I'm not going to say that it was this easy thing. Cause I was, I was already exhausted. So I thought let's be exhausted and having, have, having had spent a time outside. So yeah. I started with, we, I, I got brave and it used to take me, my mom used to live in Iowa, but her and my stepdad moved to Arizona four years ago, which is, I love Iowa, but it's also really fun to visit Arizona yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. I just thought, you know, let's, let's start with, I went to the park across the street. So there's this really amazing park across the street that I had felt nervous to go to because it was a new area. I had my infant daughter and my son. And so literally our very first adventure was I got in the car. I got everybody to the park. We had a great picnic lunch and nobody was crying. And we got home without anyone crying, which to me, that was such a huge monumental. It it is huge. It was so huge because I felt like, you know, those, what we're doing now is not where we started. We started with going to that park across the street. Yeah. And then six months had gone by and I hadn't been able to see my mom. So I thought, you know, I think, I think I can do this drive myself. So it took, I think it took me three days and I had a line of pacifiers across the dashboard of my car so that I could just keep handing them back to my son to give to my daughter Yeah, <laughs> when she would. What a know, bond. Feel. What a bond for it the two worked. of them. Yes. It you worked. Know? They, he was always, I'm so blessed because he was so good about helping me and understanding, you know, but I think. Let me back up a second. My, I love my husband and he is my best friend and he's the supporter and he's the one who helps, you know, helps encourage me to follow my dreams and what we're doing. And he is honestly even more adventurous than I am. And if I trash talk and try to challenge him to, you know, some hard bike ride or mountain bike or hike, like he's going to smoke me and then smile about it because he won't let me win. (laughs) But that's just our (laughs) relationship. He's I love him. And he's always been supportive about we're choosing, we're choosing this different life, this different path with homeschooling, but he also recognized how hard it was for me to be so separated from our family and that I was having a hard time really digging in here at home. So he was supportive on me taking those endeavors. So the first trip took us three days to go 10 hours. Is that right? Yeah. But then it just grew from there. I started doing it more often. And then I would say, Oh, this park along the way looks pretty neat or this playground looks pretty neat, or let's go do this hike along the way. And it was just kind of this like snowball ripple that grew from there. And then we started doing a lot more adventures at home. I took my kids camping by myself before they were out of diapers, I think. No, my daughter was still in diapers. Um, but it just, it were these, it was these slow steps where I kept having, I mean, there was a lot of um, failure and there was a lot of crying and a lot of trips where we were all crying Um, But it was these little victories that I had that kept building my confidence that, okay, I can do this. Okay, I can do this. But I think the thing that a lot of people might believe is that it's all easy and that it's all fun and that it's all great. And that's the thing is it's not. In those early years when I was teaching my kids how to adventure with me, I was exhausted. (laughs) But the thing was, I learned like I can't let my guard down just because I'm exhausted. And so we all learned together that we can do hard things. And those hard things are now giving us some really amazing opportunities to take things to the next level now that my kids are older. Yeah, it's a foundation Mm -hmm. for what's to come. I I really connected with what you said, let's do hard somewhere beautiful. Uh, Because it's hard. It's so hard. And I think it's harder when you're in your messy kitchen. I think it's harder when you're looking at the laundry pile, you know, when the crumbs are on the floor. And so it's, it is hard. It's hard no matter where you go. It's hard to pack up children. I think it's even hard to make plans with friends, you know, people don't show up or, you know, I've been, I've been the, um, 
this is like um like a soul thing, but you know, for a long time I was the one that was making plans. And you know, people just don't show up and, and you feel rejected. You mm-hmm. really do feel that deeply in your soul. And they don't mean it like that, you know, but you know, they have something that pops up or people just are, I think, more fluid these days with their plans. And yeah. um, you know, so it's hard, but like you said, you do it somewhere beautiful in a place that restores your soul uh in a different way. Let's talk about this this growth piece because you know, I think a lot of people are talking about risky play, you know, and that how kids, they learn how to move their bodies, right? We give them these experiences when they're young. Yes. But but for us, I think as parents, we experience growth of, of what we thought we are capable of and, and what we are capable of. And even just the capacity to watch our children do these risky things because we've seen them do, you know, the little things. So, um, so what are some of the adventures? You know, you started off at a park across yes. the street. Yep. What are some of the things that you're doing today with an eight and 11 year old that people can kind of look forward to? Oh, sure. Um, so it's just, it's a building process. And I, I think, you know, we're watching our kids do these risky things, but I think there's, there's also some power in modeling that for our children and letting them see us kind of, you know, I say like change happens at the edge of, edge of your comfort zone. So that's where some really incredible things happen. And that applies to me too. I, one of my personal mottos is do the swear word thing. Um, because just do the thing is, is what I believe in. And it's, there's really transformative experiences that happen right on the edge of your comfort zone. So motherhood perpetually keeps us on the edge of our comfort zone. Um, but all that groundwork we laid with the little trips here and there, you know, now my kids and I love to go canoe camping. Um, there's this big lake North of us. It's far enough North. There are no alligators. That's why we go there, Um, (laughs) but it has all these islands and we just go, we, we pack a couple of nights of things in our canoe and we go canoe camping or actually my kids can handle, they can handle the canoe themselves. So sometimes I swim a little bit. I'd swim in college. Um, and it's just so much fun. We can go, you know, we can go camping. We don't really do campground camping just because to be honest, my tent is a backpacking tent, which is really tiny. And it works really great when my kids and I are just, you know, out in the woods somewhere, but it doesn't work so well in a campground when you're, you're trying to change your clothes and you're like doing the lay down. <laughs> um, you know, but we can go camping now and my kids are fine. They know, they know what dangers to look for. They know how far they can roam from the campground. And I get to just read a book or sit and relax. Um, can you even believe it? I mean, no. it is hard to believe. And it is, I mean, eight years feels like a very long time, but whatever, all of a sudden you're there and, yes. and you, because your kids, uh, they trust their bodies and because they're, you know, they're careful in their surroundings. It's like this payoff, you know, where you yeah. never could have imagined sitting and reading a book, you yes. know, cause they're putting stuff in their mouth and, and you really have to be on a hundred percent you know, but there is this payoff down the road where you're getting to live your best life. Yeah. You're getting yeah. to swim in open water, yeah. you know, and, and go to these beautiful places with, with buddies Yes, that, you know, they're not going to cancel on you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know my kids are my favorite adventure crew and you know, Aww. it's so true. Like you're when they're little, and this is something I talk about a lot in this Um, course that I have is that you're never off. Like when you're adventuring alone with your kids, um, you're so even, you know, in the camps, in the tent, sleeping at night or, you know, whatever we're doing, like you're, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because there's never a point where you fully get to turn it all off per se, because you're, you're still in charge. But I will say all of the work that I put in with my kids when they were little, 
when it was so hard and exhausting, like we are reaping the benefits in a huge way now because they know, they know how to be outside safely. Uh, they're listening to me right there. Hi. <laughs> they, you know, they know, they know how to yeah. operate. Like they, we have, um, a lot of it is it came down to systems, you know? So like when we say we're going to go, we have this adventure day. So part of what we built into our homeschool week is every Wednesday is our adventure day where it's not necessarily, we go meet up with a homeschool group. It's not a wild and free group. It's, it's just my kids and I, sometimes it's a museum or sometimes it's taking on like lately now it's doing 10 mile day hikes because they can handle wow. it. Um, wow. But it's that routine of like, they know that Wednesdays are our adventure day. And it's that adventure day that really let me like slowly build my muscles, adventure muscles to feel safe yeah. that I can do this. But even things like they know how to, what to pack in their adventure bags. I say, Hey, this is where we're going. They know what to grab. We have all of our outdoor gear I've organized in a tote system. So it's like over time and, and repetition, you start to develop these systems that help you make these adventures more smooth. Yes. This is such an important point. And we've never, ever talked about this on the podcast, Nicole. It's like, you know, I remember when our kids were little and I would have like this stroller. It was a double stroller. No one sat in it because it had to hold all our stuff. Right. And it was like falling off the sides and the kid would sit in the front, you know, and then there, I had a little board that attached to the back and there'd be a kid on the board and there'd be a kid on my back and I'd be holding a kid. You know, I mean, it was just a mess, you know, and it was so hard, but now they can hold their own things and they can pack their own bags. And so, you know, and to sort of have that encouragement that not only are you doing such wonderful things for your kids in the moment when they're little, but you are building a foundation for fun. I mean, it's really fun now. My kids are jumping off, you know, the cliffs into the water. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool to see. And mm-hmm. and they're doing all these really neat things. And and so for parents that are in the trenches and it's, you know, I, I used to have to pack our stuff up the night before, you know, because you wake up and you've got little ones and it would take an hour. not It would take 90 minutes you know, the night before to get everything ready, you know, and now it's, it's no big deal. They can make their own lunch and, and they know what to expect. So, um, what a beautiful thing, Nicole, to know that canoe camping is maybe that if that's what people want to do, oh, man. right. If that's <laughs> canoe camping without alligators. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there are alligators where we live. <laughs> so we go further North. Um, yeah. but I, I want to reiterate for any, for everyone, like adventure comes in every size, shape and form. So like if, yeah camping in your backyard or going for a walk on a trail that's not pavement is an adventure. Like that's amazing. And I'm so excited. And I, and I want the moms of littles that are in the trenches to know, like it's worth the work. Don't give up. It's so worth it. It's worth all those hard things. Because I think, I think that's part of the reason why, you know, when I first started doing all this, you know, whatever Instagram wasn't you know, like 10 years ago, it was a little different than it is now. And, you know, like what we were doing felt pretty radical for us, me taking my kids on these adventures. And, you know, now I have older kids that people ask, like, how do they do so well in the car for so long? Or how do they, well, it's, you know, it's like that duck, right? Like a calm on the surface paddling underneath. Well, in those, in those years, those formative years, like I got them used to doing hard things and being a little bit uncomfortable because that's how, I can reap the benefits now of having older kids that know how to go with the flow. Yeah. And they're reaping the benefits too, because they're doing really unique, uh, challenging, fun, exhilarating things. They're having these experiences because that foundation was laid. Um, And I agree with you. Adventure, I mean, 
it's everywhere. It's yes. we've been cooking over the fire. Oh my gosh, um, I loved all the cooking that yeah. was so fun. <laughs> so we made like our own little popcorn things, and you know, and then it starts to pop, and then the the top of it starts like, spinning. Like what? This is the coolest thing ever. So it doesn't have to be jumping off That's cliffs, so you know. It can be yep. the simplest things are thrilling for whatever the reason. I feel like there should be a word for that. Like, why are all these simple nature things? They're so thrilling. Um, yeah. You know, the big well, it's just like our adventure day, like honestly, nine times out of 10, our adventure day is just hiking this really easy nature trail by our house. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this, there's this tree that like arches over the trail. I'm going to get all emotional. There's this tree that like arches over the trail. And I have like eight years of photos, nine years of photos of my kids under that trail um, with our dog who passed away. But I have mm-hmm. all like just all these treasured memories of these like simple um things that we do often. And so, you know, yes, sometimes we go do these 10 mile day hikes to chase a waterfall I heard maybe exists. Um, but it's also this, like something that we do every week that I've just carved out time to say, we're going to go spend time outside on this local trail. And, um, you know, even, even my daughter has this story, uh, that she's weaved that she started the story when she was like, could talk when she was two. And every time we hike that trail, she like adds to this narrative of a story she's created. Wow. Really sweet. That's beautiful. (laughs) The simple things are so impactful. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my Vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com outside for 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy, is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit betterhelp.com 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp h e l p dot com slash one thousand hours. Uh, one of the things that you you mentioned um, 
you know, you talked about when you would go visit your mom and, and so at first you would drive the whole distance and then you'd start to notice, oh, there's, you know, there's this along the way or, you know, this park or what if we try this? How, how are you finding your things to do? That's such a good question. And, and, you know, it's like, again, I think it's easy to overlook the work that happens. So like these adventures that we go on and the side trips I take, I obsessively Google. So <laughs> there's, I, there's a <laughs> lot of research that goes into, you know, these adventures don't just happen or the thing, the places I find to go visit don't just happen. Um, but I spend, I mean, like what, like once the kids are in bed, I usually stay up too late at a hotel or whatever, looking up our route or looking things up. Um, but I, you know, like Instagram has become a really great resource. If you look up like geotagged locations or look up hashtags for cities or find the tourism board, um, Instagram page for whatever city you're going to, uh, one of my favorite resources, if you're into like kind of quirky things is Atlas Obscura. Um, it's a website and it's a little weird, (laughs) but the whole premise of the website is it's highlighting, um, off the beaten path, quirky things to go see. Wow. Yes. That's how I find a lot of these things is Atlas Obscura. Um, that's, you know, what's funny is seven years ago, that's how I discovered white sands before white sands was a national park. Um, because it was on Atlas Obscura website. And then it just like, we, st- we started going and it started gaining, not because of me, but it but just maybe became more popular. But again, it's something that was like, it's way off of I-10. It's a- what? And it became a national park? Well, it was, I think it was a national monument because there's like okay. the the government owns a huge part of that because they do missile testing there, but there's a part of it that um, was a national monument, but it didn't, it hadn't reached park status, I think until two years ago. Um, but yeah, Atlas Obscura, if you, you can like look by state and then you can look by city and it's free. I think there is a membership you can get, but most of the website is free. Yeah. Uh, We're using the same stuff. So, um, so Google maps, I just think is such a fabulous resource because you can look and like, so I'll have, I'm same as you, like a researcher. So it's like, we're going to, we want to go to a state park, you know, in let's say Indiana. You know, Indiana is near us. There's really cool state parks. So you can, you can look up the list of state parks. And then I literally have in a notebook, like this one has 3,300 reviews. This one has (laughs) 200 reviews. This one has six reviews. And then you can look at all the pictures. And then I do, I totally cross-reference with Instagram. And I am that weird person that's like, hey, we're coming tomorrow. You know, is this trail suitable for a six-year-old? You know, and I'm asking these random people. You know, or where did you find this spot? And then we use all trails, which I think is also fantastic because it like pins your your spot on the map. So you can like kind of figure out where you're going, you know, and uh, so you just take these different resources. But I have not heard of Atlas Obscura. And that is what a cool resource. But there are ways to find. So then if I if I'm mapping a route, you know, like if I were going to go somewhere, then I just you can search along the route. You type in park or playground or beach or you know, whatever. To everyone listening in, uh, we had a technology glitch and Nicole has returned, but now she's vertical. <laughs> this is great. Uh, or it gave some variety. <laughs> oh yeah, that was amazing. Look at that. My technology is hard. And I, um, there's something that I used to talk about a lot, Nicole, which is about doing hard things and doing what you're scared to do. And I don't talk about it as much anymore because Mostly there's all this outside stuff going on. Um, But, you know, like you said, change happens at the edge of your comfort zone. And so for people listening in, 
this is hard. You know, I mean, it's not that hard, but you know, technology is tricky and you're nervous. And uh, I don't even know why conversations are kind of tricky sometimes. It's because they're over screen, you know, and uh, you know, you don't want to like talk over the other person and, and sell them short and all those types of things. So uh, I, I'm always wanting to, yeah, your internet drops out and, and then you're trying to scramble to get back on. So, uh, I'm still right there. I still, you know, I'm always encouraging, you know, families, parents like that, you know, everyone knows the thing that they like really want to do, but they're yes. scared to do it, you know, Yeah, but you do it anyway and you work through the ups and downs. So we were talking about finding cool places and, and one of the things on Google yeah. maps is that you can search along the route. It's a, it's a phenomenal feature. I think it's probably one of the, like the best parts of life. <laughs> Is that silly? Because you can search anything. I mean, you can search restaurants, but you could search museum. You could search beach. You could search waterfall. And so I put in all the things, nature center, zoo, garden, you know, anything I can think yep. of nature related, trail, and it will pop them up and then it's rated and ranked. And so, and you can look at pictures and you can, especially, I think it's especially yep. important um, for accessibility. You know, is it a place where you could take a wheelchair? Is it a place where you could take a stroller? Are they going to have a bathroom for you? You can sort of find out those really important pieces of information before you go. Because when you said obsessively Google, I actually think this is a big piece of the puzzle, especially when you have little kids. You yeah. have to go to the right places. That's the key. If you find a good place that, let's say you have a runner. You know, I had friends that had kids that they, you know, you get the kid out of the car and they run, you know, so you got to go to a place that's maybe bounded in or it's not near a main road or, you know, there's space for them. And so I think the obsessively Google is wise. Yeah. Yeah, it works. And it's, I think it's so important too, because you can also read, you know, like one of the other things we use is all trails. Um, so I, I pay for a membership to the all trails app and I mean, it's, it's, Related because specifically to hiking, I can go in and read reviews of people who have hiked the trail most recently, um, which can be really helpful. There was a hike actually, and I did when I was in Arizona that someone had hiked it a day before and said, hey, there's still snow on the chute up to the peak. So I was like, maybe we won't go up to the peak because it was good to know there was still snow up there. But it's kind of the same thing with Google, like yeah. the Google reviews or TripAdvisor is another good one. Um, the TripAdvisor reviews can be so useful because it's so true. Like knowing that there are bathrooms that aren't necessarily a pit toilet, because when you have toddlers holding them over a pit toilet in a national park bathroom can be really scary because they're small enough to down that hole. Um, so no yeah. details is so helpful. So I, right. I try to leave reviews when I can from a mom's perspective, because I hope that it'll help someone else out there too. Yeah, I try to too. And um, it's interesting because actually I have not changed. My parents used to get these like AAA guides. Yeah. Um, and I loved those. Like I was a kid. You know, I love them. I love looking through. And, and that's, this is like um, a modern day version, I feel like, of the AAA guides where they would go through all the different places and they give a phone number. Yeah. And, you know, and now it's really easy to find information and um, you can cross reference with all these things. And it's even like you said, there's up to date information. Because someone was just there on Instagram. And so, you know, you can ask them questions and, and you know, uh, and say, how, you know, how's this going to work with little kids? And, you know, they say maybe it's not or, you know, they're going to give you advice. So um, so let's talk about your Responsibly Brave course, because um, this is a lot of what we're talking about, which is, you know, how do we um, be brave and take our kids and, and do it responsibly? And, and you've got this 
this course and it's awesome. Um, so responsibly brave came about because I was trying to define what it is that we're doing because I didn't like, you know, people would tell me all the time when I was out doing these crazy adventures with little kids, you're so brave. You're so brave. You're so brave, which I took as a huge compliment and it's true, but that's only one part of it. Um, and what I wanted to get across was like, I define it as being, it's being responsibly brave. And what I mean by responsibly brave is that I'm not walking. So I did a blog post several years ago that was defining what this, what this term means, because I was trying to define what it is. Mm-hmm. Brave didn't seem like an encompassing enough word. So I came up with responsibly brave. And what that means is, yes, we're going and doing these really fun and amazing adventures, but I'm not walking into them blindly. So there's been research that's been done. I have plans A through F prepared in my mind. Um, I have a backup plan. I, you know, even things like I have a first aid kit in case of an emergency or I, and I know how to use it. Um, I know how to handle what to do if there's snakes. I know. So there's all of the, you know, I know how to change a tire. (laughs) There's all of these things that um, I felt like I needed to have in my back pocket. Not that I'm necessarily about well, one of my friends likes to tease that I'm always like the boy scout of the group because I'm always prepared, but it's kind of true. Cause I feel like we, in the 10 years that I've been adventuring with my kids, we've come across so many situations where I had to be able to pivot and I needed to be able to have a plan B for that pivot. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where responsibly brave came about defining that term because I wanted to, I wanted to share like, yes, be brave, go do the thing but you're not doing it in a way that's going to put yourself or your kids at unnecessary risk. Um, and a, and a big part of that in the course I talk about, I mean, it, it outlines everything, but I also talk a lot about situational awareness and how to build your situational awareness because you can't, let your kiddos, you know, screaming as you're buckling them into the car seat, you can't let that distract you from what's going on around your car. Um, so that's where the term came from. And my course, I yeah. started it a couple of years ago and it was designed to be a 12 week course. Um, there's three modules uh, that are four weeks each. And nice. each week there's a task that I'm inviting whoever's participating to do. And it's going to seem strange, but there's even a section in there about your car because your car is your adventure vessel. Like that's, what's going to get you where you're going to go. And you need to be able to know how to take care of it if something should happen. And so, you know, I talk about that and I'll share one of the tips that I talk, always talk about is a habit that I've started way back when we used to have a minivan, which my kids and I lived out of our minivan for three weeks when they were six and three. It was an amazing trip. Um, it's just walk around your car. So you park your car, whether it's a hotel or it was parked for the day because you were hiking or adventuring, just walk around your car. And I liked when my kids were little, I would do it. Um, before I buckled them in, because chances are once I got them buckled in, I was going to get distracted and get in the car and go. So I would always do it first. And the reason I do it is because I'm doing a quick scan, check all four tires, make sure there's nothing near the tires, make sure there's nothing stuck under the um, windshield wipers. But it's like, it takes 30 seconds, less than 30 seconds. And it's just, I share that because that's kind of what my, it's a great example of what being responsibly brave is about. So we're going to go out, we're going to do the thing, we're going to have a great time, but doing it the responsibly brave way means that you're prepared for what could possibly come. Yeah. And then, and then that's, that's when you have a better time because you feel Mm -hmm. confident, you know, that, that you can meet the challenges that are to come. And I feel that way. I mean, there's a lot of things that we didn't do when our kids were little and, um, 
you know, things that we can do now, but that, that I would have never done when we had little ones, you know, you're picking the right things. And, and um, so your course is awesome. If people are interested in that, where can they find that, Nicole? Yeah. Um, so it's on, I don't have the ability to do a shop on my website. So there's a link on my Instagram page and there's also a link on my website to what's called my Gumroad shop. Um, so Gumroad is, it's a separate app that allows creators a platform to be able to distribute or sell the things that they're making without having to do um, a shop on their website. So I don't have a shop on my website, but there's a link to my Gumroad shop um, where you can find, I have a, um, a free travel guide to hot springs and my responsibly brave course and a keyhole garden tutorial, but it's on there, okay. um, but you can through my Instagram link in bio, but it's, um, it's part one of a bigger project, but it's, I poured a lot into it because it's everything that I've learned over 10 years of solo adventuring with my kids. Um, you know, my husband always comes when he's able, but the reality is his, he loves his job and he's really good at it, but he doesn't mind letting me go because he knows that I can handle it. Yeah. Um, so this, it has 12 weeks of like steps to walk you through. There's links to videos for tutorials, packing lists. It has like an entire section in the back that's like packing lists for every different kind of adventure. Um, my tips for building situational awareness and some tips for social media safety strategies. Yeah. And so it's $25. And it's mm-hmm. like one of those things that, you know, might be someone's pathway to a really grand life you know, of simple things. So um, there's so much involved in that. And, uh, and just by following you on Instagram, I think people are inspired and, and you leave, you know, you've got these captions that are so helpful for families. Uh, okay, so you're eclectic. Yes. <laughs> which I love, right? So you got the responsibly brave, you got the, you got the really cool mugs, uh, the pottery, you sew. I do. Yeah. I so that- you sew incredible things. <laughs> Thank you. I taught myself to sew honestly as a means to help cope with postpartum depression. And it was really cathartic to be able to make something like start to finish, make something. And I swore I'd never sew clothes. That didn't last very long at all. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you've made the coolest dresses, you've made costumes. Uh, So that's, that's one of the things. Cause I think I, so important for like Instagram world to remember that people are multidimensional and multifaceted and like, you don't have to be defined by one thing. That's so important to me. Yes. And I, and I, it's exciting. It's cool to see all the different things that you're doing and then, and then also gardening. And so you have these different hashtags. Well, tell us about your different hashtags. And I kind of love that. Like you have this, um, these little hubs where people can go and find these different facets, right? So tell us, you've got four hashtags that you use. I do. Yeah. And I, I don't remember how or why I started them. I think it's because I was trying to make it easier to find like different things again, because I probably do all the things wrong on Instagram, but I don't care. Um, because this it's me, like it's my page. It's our little home on the internet. And I don't like being put in a corner or being put in a box or being told I can only do one thing. Um, so the lucky wanderers is the hashtag I started six or seven years ago for my kids and I and the adventures that we go on. Um, So the Lucky Wanderers is our adventures, whether that's close to home or on the road or all different things. And if you go on there and like switch to recent and scroll way down, you'll see like tiny little adventures. Uh, And then the second one is Lucky Homeschoolers because, because homeschooling is a big part of what we do. Um, I wanted, I don't post about it all that often because it's not like 
I mean, it's a main part of our life, but it's not the main part of what I share. But Lucky Homeschoolers is just a little glimpse into our Charlotte Mason style homeschool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Lucky Mama, our intro posts. So like if someone's new to my page and they want to like get to know who is this person that I started following, I don't know what this is about. Um, it's Lucky Mama. And that's just like a collection of Friday introduction type posts. Um, yeah. One of my favorites is Coley Ray Gardens. And that is just, um, again, the gardening was a passion project. My husband and I built the garden together because I get, we're such a great team because I get these wild ideas with my head up in the clouds and he's the one that builds the ladder to get there. Um, uh-huh. so he, he loves gardening just as much as I do. And he's really good about like, yeah, let's, let's build that. So he built our raised beds. He helped me build our keyhole. Um, and then helps me get, you know, I was looking for a certain soil mixture and he helps me get that. But then we just started gardening and I had a garden in Iowa. I didn't grow up gardening. My mom didn't garden. I didn't have family that gardened, but I felt like I wanted to learn. I got really into edible landscaping. And so Iowa was zone five. What are you zone? I'm six B. Okay. I think we were five B where I learned to garden. So then we moved and now I'm in zone eight, which is like huge difference. So I had to relearn everything. Um, but to me, you know, the, the garden, I just, you know, you know, it, it brings so much joy and it's so fun to be able to do it with my kids. And it's an ongoing experiment. And I just look at it as like this ongoing hobby experiment where we keep learning and keep growing and keep trying different things and do wild things like put a disco ball in my garden because it brings me lots of joy. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chop's hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com outside120 code outside 120. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust, 
to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. We've connected on the garden. I think it's one of the biggest things that you and I have connected on. I, I am newer, um, newer than you are. And I know we both love Cher and love Joy. She, um, yes. she has so many cool gardening books, but my favorite one is Roots, Roots, Shoes, Buckets, and Boots. And she's so, been on our podcast a couple of times. But she just recently said that um, her doctor said that when, these el- when elderly people come in for their appointments, he says the, the most physically fit ones are the ones that garden. Um, isn't that incredible? Because yeah. it's, it's, you're doing all sorts of different movements. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's squatting, it's reaching, it's bending over, and it's doing all of these things, and, and it's helping keep, you know, people young. So, okay, so I'd never heard of a keyhole garden, uh, and you have a, a, a very inexpensive, a $6 guide on your Gumroad shop. Um, which is fantastic. I've, I've glanced through. It's got drawings. It's got dimensions. It's got measurements. But um, this sounds like something so fun for kids because it's a garden that has a chute mm-hmm. in the middle. Yep. And you drop in your compost things. Yeah. I mean, how fun is that? So tell us a little bit more about it. And then people can, uh, you know, can get the ins and outs uh, through your guide. Yeah. So um, I initially heard about it because the idea was mentioned at a Master Gardener talk that I attended, which... By the way, if you have master gardeners, I think every county has a group of master gardeners. They are the sweetest group of people that like, they're just so kind and willing to share. And so they have these, it's changed since the pandemic, but they used to do these monthly lectures that were free, open to the public and you could go listen. And so I heard the term keyhole gardening. So I was like, what is that? I want to look that up. So the idea is you have a six foot circumference circle that is, and it's a raised bed. It doesn't necessarily have to be as tall as ours is, but it's a, it's fairly tall. Um, it's a six foot circle and then there's a wedge cut out of it. So it looks like Pac-Man. <laughs> so you can get in there and then there's a chute in the middle and there's a reason for the dimension. So it's a six foot circle with a one foot chute in the center. And that chute is where you're going to drop your compost. Um, and then you just keep feeding that compost. And the idea is that that's going to continually feed your soil. Um, it, wow. if you're in a dry area, it holds, it actually was developed in the missions field in Africa is where this idea came from. So if you're in a dry area, it holds the water really well. Um, if you're in a small area, we like, we live in a regular neighborhood. I don't have acres of land. Um, it works really well because it can work in a really small space. Um, and it, every year our keyhole outperforms every other garden bed to the point that I made the mistake of planting loofah vines, like, like loofahs that like you dry and, you know, I thought, Oh, I'll throw these in the keyhole. Well, (laughs) I had 30 foot vines stretching in every direction (laughs) growing out into the yard that we joked. If you stand still long enough, the vines are going to like wrap up. your. (laughs) Um, But the keyhole, like my husband and I are continually impressed with it. It's so much fun to see how well things grow. It was a lot of fun to build it. And there's some work on the front to get it built, but you'll see in the guide, like our kids helped us. It was a great science project. Uh, There was some math involved and it just, it was a lot of fun. And it's such, now it's the easiest maintenance thing I have. There's never weeds in it Mm -hmm. unless birds drop sunflower seeds. Um, 
it's so easy. Just throw your compost in and it's good to go. Which I can imagine little ones would love to throw the comp- compost down the chute. Yes. It's so, you know, I mean, how fun is that? And you had said you'd tried to grow carrots and we've tried to grow carrots too, and they've never worked, but um, they worked. you said your carrots worked in your keyhole. They did. I've never been able to get carrots to grow. I don't know why carrots are just tricky, but I Same. big, beautiful carrots that grew in our keyhole. That's so cool. So people can find that on your website. Nicole, this has just been such a delight. I had one last, um, no, I had a couple last little topics here. Um, you have um, you have some free resources on your website, um, top five road trip tips, um, but I thought it was going to be top five road trips. So that's what I wrote down originally. So can you, can you share a couple of your favorite road trips? Oh man. Yeah. So one of my favorites that's been kind of like an ongoing thing because we've done it in sections is we're a little bit obsessed with Route 66, like the original Route 66. Um, and we were before Cars, but the Cars movie definitely contributed to that. Um, so mm-hmm. have My in-laws live in, near Chicago, right? So it starts in Chicago. So we've been slowly over the years driving it. And we've actually driven the only section we have left is Kingman to San Bernardino, but we've done all of Route 66. And wow. I highly recommend it. Even, even if the only part you can do is like the Western part, it's worth doing the research to find the old route because one of my favorite memories when we were close to finishing, we actually picked up my mom in Phoenix and she came with us and we like chased the sunset West on Route 66, um, you know, blaring the music and we stopped Wow, photo ops. It's so cheesy. But it's so much fun. There's, and um, we do this every time we come through Albuquerque heading east. There's a section of old musical highway near Albuquerque where if you drive 45 miles an hour with your tire just over to the right side of the road, it'll play America the Beautiful through the vibration. What? What? Yes. There's so many cool. Who thought of that? Well, people are amazing. People were driving too fast on Route 66, so they wanted everybody to slow down. So it was for traffic control. They put these rumble strips that if you go 45 miles an hour, it'll play the music. Isn't that cool? Uh, Our world is so cool. People are so brilliant. There's so many fun things to see. I want to end with um, just this this quick topic because I feel like it wraps it up well of stamina. And, you know, you talked about that you're doing these 10-mile hikes and – and that, you know, the 10 mile hikes began with little ones in packs and then taking little ones out of packs and walking real slow as they toddle through and, and they're building up their stamina. And it's one of those things that isn't measured, you know, stamina. It's not on a standardized test, um, but it really can add a lot to your life um, if you have stamina. So tell us real quick about your, about your, you know, 10 to 12 mile hike days. How do your kids do? Do they complain? They do really well. In fact, they're so tough. One of the last ones we did, my daughter had outgrown her hiking shoes. And so she was wearing these, like, she's looking at me. She was wearing these sketchers that by the end of, they were already bad, but by the end of the hike, she had blown the toes out. And like she had, she was seven. How old were you? Six. She was six. I'm sorry. This was a little bit of time ago. So she was six and we did a 10 mile day hike. Anybody listening, don't like, freak out about that my kids are used to it we built up to this slowly but like she was fine she had to hurt literally the toes were blown out of her sneakers and you know she did it we spent two waterfalls so we're like running down the mountain trying to get to the car before it gets dark yeah we've had those we've had those (laughs) please get to the car i'll feel better 
but they they there's definitely times where I'm not going to say that they don't complain. Shoot, sometimes I even complain, and yeah. there's not times where they're not whining. But it's it's all about um, our mindset. You know, we've just I've instilled in them and in myself this idea that we can do hard things, and um, hard doesn't necessarily mean bad. And we can push through this. We can do it. And one of my favorite little uh, things that I did when they were little that they now do themselves is like, okay, every mile you can have another bite of whatever it is that we have. So the most recent big hike we did, I have these, um, go macro granola bars. They're gluten-free and vegan. Cause you know, we're weird like that. Um, but they were these chocolate chip granola bars and my kids themselves, like they each had one in their backpack. They're like, okay, every mile we're going to take one bite. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's a life skill to know how to push yourself through in stages, in small stages, you know, to finish what you what you want to set out to accomplish. And and so what a um, what a thing that you're doing, Nicole. It's so inspiring. Um, if people are wanting to find you, let's just kind of go through it one more time. OK, if they're wanting to find you, they can find you on Instagram. Yes, that's actually where I hang out the most um my, my I have a website with a blog but I don't update it as much as I should I'm just really busy with a lot of freelance writing projects um and busy with run wild my child that it doesn't get updated there as much as it should just so Instagram is the best place to look okay so they can find you at Coley Ray spell it for us one more time C-O-L-E-Y-R-A-E-H. Yep. And then you've got all those hashtags. I'll make sure I put those in. And they can find your courses on your Gumroad. And uh, Nicole, I just thank you so much for being here with us today. Really appreciate it. And so we, we have people know where to find you. Um, they're just going to be so inspired and you have so much good information and and great things to offer both at Coley Ray and also at also at Run Wild My Child um, both places and and so we always end with a favorite childhood memory of yours that was outside okay my favorite childhood memory is one my family and I were in Colorado I think I was probably eight or nine um and like the big family vacation wasn't something that happened very often just because my there was a lot of heart in my childhood with um a divorce between my parents but my dad was like doing his own thing he was going to go to bed but my mom was insistent that we go look at the stars so she took my sister and i like went tromping out of this i think we were in rocky mountain national park like there could have been bears or anything but she was like we are going to do this my sister was so tired but she hiked us like way off in the dark and we found this big rock and we laid down on it and i just remember like seeing stars seeing a night sky i'd never seen before because we lived in the you know we lived in a city in suburbia and there's so much light pollution um and i remember laying back and i think we heard a moose like we heard something but we were just so captivated by the night sky and i'll never forget it because my mom at the time i didn't know how much of a burden she was carrying and how much hurt she was going through but like she i'm gonna get emotional she went above and beyond she was the original like responsibly brave um went above and beyond to make sure that my sister and I had this incredible experience and I'll never forget just like looking up at the night sky we saw shooting stars um it was beautiful and I think ever since then I've always been just really enchanted by an unobstructed unobstructed view of the night sky that doesn't have light pollution and I'm always trying to chase that um but that memory is one of many because after what um 
what we went through as a family, like nature was so important to us and so soothing and so powerful that that moment stands out in my mind as something really special. Nicole, that's really beautiful. And I know it's going to help so many people that are hurting and really struggling um, to know that nature um, heals and nature Mm -hmm. helps our soul and it helps us get through these really hard and difficult times. So Nicole, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking your time to come and encourage and inspire all of us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I hope you have a great day. (laughs) Cute mug. I love it. You too. Oh, thank you. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.